0: Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, oh, what a wonderful name. The name of Jesus Christ. There is no salvation. There is no hope outside of Christ. The nations will tremble at His name. Demons will flee at His name. And the earth will be restored by His name. Oh Lord, we praise Christ today. And we thank You that we have salvation available to us in the name of Jesus. Oh Father, as we come today, we are aware, Lord, that the world wishes to lure us away from Jesus. The world longs to lure us into its kingdom, to worship its gods, to rebel against your kingdom by the power of the name of Jesus. Lord, let us not be tempted, let us not be driven away, but let us look to the hope that is in him. This I pray in Christ's name, amen. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, turn with me to Genesis, Genesis chapter 13. We'll be looking at verses 2 through 18 this morning as we continue our study. The life of Abraham and his journey of faith. Today we're looking at the topic of resisting the world's allurements. Resisting the world's allurements. Now you remember where Abram is. Abram has he's been through the promised land. God called him out of the land of Ur and brought him to a land that God had promised him. And Abram went through the land. Then a famine hit and Abram went to Egypt. And then while he was in Egypt, we saw last week his faith faltered, and he didn't trust in God, but he feared man rather than God, and he lied, and instead of Abram being a blessing to the families of the earth, he ended up being a curse to the Egyptians, and namely Pharaoh's household. And now he has been escorted out of Egypt, and he's coming back home to the land of promise. And so we pick up today. If you would, stand with me in reverence to the reading of God's holy word. Now Abram was very rich in livestock and silver and in gold. And he journeyed on from the Negev as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning between Bethel and I, to the place where he had made an altar at the first and there Abram called upon the name of the Lord. And Lot, who went with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents, so that the land could not support both of them dwelling together, for their possessions were so great that they could not dwell together. And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's stock, livestock. At that time, the Canaanites and the Perizzites were dwelling in the land. Then Abram said to Lot, Let there be no strife between you and me and between your herdsmen and my herdsmen, for we are kinsmen. Is not the whole land before you? Separate yourself from me. If you take the left, then I will go to the right. Or if you take the right, then I will go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes and saw the Jordan Valley. He saw the Jordan Valley was well watered everywhere like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt in the direction of Zor. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose for himself all the Jordan Valley, and Lot journeyed east. Thus they separated from each other. And Abram settled in the land of Canaan, while Lot settled among the cities of the valley and moved his tent as far as Sodom. Now the men of Sodom were wicked, great sinners against the Lord. The Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, Lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land that you see, I will give to you and to your offspring forever. I will make your offspring as the dust of the earth, so that if one can count the dust of the earth, your offspring also can be counted. Arise, walk through the length and the breadth of the land, for I will give it to you. So Abram moved his tent and came and settled by the oaks of Mamre, where uh, which are at Hebron. Uh, and there he built an altar to the Lord. Amen. May the Lord add blessings to the reading of his holy, inspired, and inerrant word. And may he write its eternal truth on all our hearts. And you may be seated. This is a fishing lure. When I pulled out of my tackle box earlier this morning, now, you look at that fishing lure, and I'm going to tell you, there's nothing about that that says, mm, I want lunch. Right? There's nothing attractive about that to me. I mean, it's nice and shiny and pretty and all that stuff, but I don't want to eat this. It doesn't make me hungry at all. But now if I take this and I put it on my fish, fishing line and I throw it out there and I roll it across the nose of that big old bass, Man, he looks at that and he says, steak dinner, right? And he's going to gobble it on up because that's alluring to him. That's why we call it a fishing lure. It, it looks like something that that bass fish wants to eat. It looks like his dinner. And he sees it as it sparkles through the water. He sees those shiny little colors. He says, mm, that looks good. And he grabs a hold of it. He takes the lure, and the lure catches him by those hooks right there. And they catch him by the mouth. And where does he end up then? He ends up in the frying pan. He gets lured out of his habitat and gets put into the frying pan by a nice, shiny fishing lure. You know, that's exactly what the world does for us. The world has many lures out there that there are, they're there to lure us away from God. They look nice and shiny and pretty and oh, the desires of our flesh, they, they want to reach out and grab them. The thing is, when we grab a hold of all the world's lures that lure us away from God, They lure us away from God. They take us away from Him. They take us to a place that we really don't want to go. Just like the bass who ends up in the frying pan when when people catch a hold of the world's lures and hold on, they end up in a place much like that frying pan, a place of eternal judgment. Today we're looking at a story about lot and lot looks out and he sees the lures of the world and is lured away but here's what i want us to learn today when the world's allurements begin to entice hold on to the promises of the lord which provide eternal hope When the world's allurements begin to tice you away, entice you away from the Lord, entice you to rebel against the Lord our God, don't go after them, but rather hold on to the promises of the Lord, the promises which alone provide eternal hope. Let's look at the situation here in our story today. Now we've already said that Abram, he is, he's come out of the land of Egypt. He, his faith faltered there, and uh, he, he didn't follow the Lord as he ought to have followed the Lord. He, he trusted in his own schemes rather than trusting in the power of God. He feared men rather than God, and so he lied about Sarai, his wife, and ended up, instead of being a blessing to Egypt, he was a curse to them because of his failure to follow God and trust in the Lord's power to save him. So now he has been escorted out of the land of Egypt, and you can imagine now that he is, he's feeling a little low. He understands that he has failed the Lord here. He remembers the Lord's promise about being a blessing, and here he proved to be a curse. So he, he can, you can imagine that he kind of feels low. And so what does Abram do Our scripture tells us that he goes back to Bethel and I, that place where he first began, the place where he first settled in the promised land, a place that he had experienced the presence of God, a place where he had built an altar and worshiped the Lord. He returns to that high point in his life. He's looking for God again. He is looking to have that experience again. So there he comes to that place where he began. place where he had experienced God before. And now it tells us, the story tells us that God had blessed Abram. And because Lot, his nephew, was there with him, uh, he had blessed Lot as well. Lot had benefited from being around Abram He had followed him out of the land of Ur He had gone with him And so God had blessed both He had had multiplied the herds And the the property of Abram And the herds and the property of Lot And it was so that They had gotten to a point where They could not stay together The land just would not bear The two flocks All that they had And, And so The herdsmen of Abram and the herdsmen of Lot, they were fighting over pasture land to graze the flocks and the herds. And they were fighting over water holes in which they had to go to to water their flocks and their herds. And so this disturbance was happening between the two companies. But Abram, he doesn't want to fight with Lot. Uh, They're kinsmen. Uh, Lot had grown up with Abram, his uncle. Abram was fond of Lot. And so Abram says, here's what we've got to do. We've got to separate. We've got to separate. The land won't hold us together. But hey, look before you lot. Look in front of you to all the land that God has promised. Look before you. And you just go your way. If you go to the right hand, then I'll go to the left. But if you want to go to the left, then I'll go over to the right. Just go your way and let us keep peace between us. But what does the Scripture say? What does the Scripture say that Lot does? Well, Abram, he points to the promised land. Right? He says, the whole land is before you. The land of promise. All that land is before you. But, it says, instead of looking to the land, Lot lifted up his eyes and he saw the Jordan Valley. Oh, the Jordan Valley looked good to Lot. Oh, it's such pretty pasture land. And look at all the cities, how glimmering and light they are. Oh, what a beautiful place to be. Oh, the promised land was before him, but he cast his eyes out of the promised land to the Jordan Valley. You see, throughout Scripture, Scripture tells us that the boundary line, one of the the boundary lines of the land of promise was the Jordan Valley. Lot, instead of looking to the land of promise, Lot looks to the land of the world, the Jordan Valley, the place of Sodom and Gomorrah, which the Lord tells us here was bound for destruction because of their evil and wicked ways. You see, Lot was allured by the world's enticements. Lot was allured by the world's enticements. Notice there it says, And Lot lifted up his eyes and saw the Jordan Valley, was well watered everywhere, like the Garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt in the direction of Zor. Now, Scripture here is giving us an illusion back. It's giving us an illusion back, and back all the way to the beginning, to Genesis chapter 3. In Genesis chapter 3, there we have the temptation of Adam and Eve by the serpent in the garden. The Lord had told Adam and Eve, you have the whole garden before you. You have all the food before you. You can partake of every tree that is in the garden except for... The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That one tree, Adam and Eve, the day you eat of it is the day you shall surely die. Adam and Eve find themselves wandering a little closer, a little closer, a little closer to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And there's the serpent. The serpent is there waiting for them. And the serpent begins to talk to them. Did God really say? Wanting them to question God's promise, right? Did God really say? But then he calls God a liar. But really what's happening is God doesn't want you to have wisdom and knowledge like he does. And he knows that if you partake of the tree, your eyes are going to be opened and you're going to be like God. so what happens there look in verse 6 here so when the woman saw see that lot lifted up his eyes and saw the jordan valley just like eve lifted up her eyes and she saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise so she took of its fruit and ate and she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate you see much like eve adam and eve in the garden abram or excuse me lot he looks to the jordan the land of god's promise is before him but he looks to the jordan He sees all the allurements of the world. Oh, look at those pasture lands. Look at the the streams flowing through. Look at those cities. How much fun they're having. All the entertainment that's going on there in the city. Oh man, it looks good! So instead of looking to God's promise. Lot looks to the world's enticements. And he's lured away. He's lured away. And that's exactly what the world wants to do. That's exactly what the world does. It wants us to see that. It wants to tempt us. It wants to lure us away. The world looks out and says, look, look how much fun they're having over at the bar. Look how much fun drugs and alcohol are. I mean, those people who are on it, they are just having a blast. It doesn't show us addiction. It doesn't show us the family's broken. It just says, come, have a good time. Drink. Take the drugs. Be merry. Come away. Come away. We look at the commercials on the TV, and, and all they show us is to lure us into sexual temptation. Oh yes, God, He created sex to be, be between one man and one woman in a marital relationship. But, but did God really say that? I mean, Did God just say that you, sh- you shouldn't have sex outside of marriage? Look how much fun it is. Look how good it feels. Oh, you could sleep around and have so many partners. Why are you going to limit yourself to one? The world says, come on, try it out. Jump right in. But it doesn't tell us about the sexually transmitted diseases. It doesn't tell us about the brokenness that takes place. Scripture tells us, see, Scripture tells us that that sexuality is is far more than just physical. Physical. But that sex is a spiritual experience That when you, you join yourself with a man and a woman join themselves together In that relationship There's a spiritual connection there Think about the lives that are being destroyed Because you, people are joining themselves with this person And tearing apart from that person Joining themselves with this person And tearing apart from that person Their spiritual lives are being ripped apart One partner at a time you see, the world doesn't tell us that. The world tells us it's a physical thing. It's natural, so just do it. Try it out for a while. If it works out, great, get married. But, but if it doesn't, hey, you can tear your, your, yourself apart from that person and go join yourself to another. And young men and young women are being destroyed by Adultery. Because the world says, look, it feels good. Go do it. See, the world wants to lure us away, lure us out of the promise of God. God says, I promise you, if you will confine yourself, commit yourself to one partner in marriage, I will bless that relationship. But the world pulls us away, lures us away into destruction. And then, of course, there's fame and fortune. Oh, look at the rich and the beautiful out in Beverly Hills. They've got it all together. But did you know that one of the the, uh, the ses- social, economical group that, that has one of the highest rates of suicide is the most... Famous and the most, uh, the richest out there. You know why? Because though the world looks at that fame and fortune, oh, it makes it look so good and so attractive. What people find out when they gain it, it is not as pretty as they thought it was. And all the fame and all the fortune won't fill that emptiness that is left inside of them. Oh, the world wants to lure us away. To take us away from God. To carry us away from God's promises. Into promises that the world cannot fulfill. Into a lifestyle that ends in complete and utter destruction. As we study the life of Abram, we're going to see the story of lot progresses even more and we're going to see that he is lured away by the enticements of the world to utter destruction 1 john chapter 2 verse 15 through 17 tells us this do not love the world or the things in the world if anyone loves the world the love of the father is not in him for they only lead to destruction. Resist the world's allurements, for they only lead to destruction. All that the world promises you, all that the world tempts you with, their temporal joys at most, This world is fading away and all of the things, all of the joys of this world, all of the nice little trinkets that the world is is holding up before you, trying to draw you away from the promises of the Lord, all of those trinkets will one day fade away, rot away, rust away, burn away, and be gone. And only the promises of the Lord will last. Resist the allurements of the world, for they only lead to destruction. Well, while Lot is allured by the world's enticements, Abraham, on the other hand, holds on to the promises of God. Abram holds on to the promises of God. Look there at Verses 14. 14 on there. After Lot had separated himself, after he had gone to the world down in the Jordan Valley, says the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land that you see, I will give to you and to your offspring forever. For I will make your offspring as the dust of the earth, so that if you can count the dust of the earth, your offspring also can be counted. In other words, impossible to count your offspring. Abram, even though you've been childless for all of these years, Arise, walk through the length and the breadth of the land, for I will give it to you. So Abram moved his tent and came and settled by the oaks of Mamre, which are at Hebron. And there he built an altar to the Lord his God. You see, as Lot lifted up his eyes and saw the Jordan Valley God comes to Abram Abram is waiting on the Lord he's not looking to the world's enticements he is waiting on the Lord and the Lord comes to Abram and says Abram now you lift up your eyes and see what I have in store for you look to the land that I promise you look to my promises And God, look what God promises him. First, he promises him the land. Abram, I promise you the land from north, south, east, west. Look all around you. As far as you can see, I'm giving you the land to you and to your offspring after you. I'm giving you all of this land. In other words, I'm giving you a place. I'm giving you a place to come, to be, to live, to function, to have life. And he promises him a seed, a people. A place and a people. (laughs) Abram's not going to be alone. There's going to be a a kingdom, a nation about him. He's going to have a place. He's going to have a people. And he's going to have a future. Look at what it says. This is wonderful. For all the land that you see, I will give to you and to your offspring. Notice that word forever, forever. Now, did Abram ever possess the land? No, he didn't. In fact, the only land that Abram owned in the land of Canaan, in the land of promise, while he lived and walked on this earth, he bought. And that was for a burial ground. But then God says, I promise, I'm going to give you that place. I'm going to give you land, that place to be, and a people. And it's going to be yours forever. In other words, he is saying this promise is going to outlive you. <laughs> but that doesn't nullify the promise, Abram. Yes, Abram, you're going to die But you're going to come to life again because God's promise is solid and sure. Abram, I'm going to give you the land. I'm going to give you the place. I'm going to give you a people. And I'm going to give it to you forever. He is promising him eternal life. And all of this, of course, pointing to Not the multiple seed, but the seed who would come and fulfill it all. You see, he is looking, he is pointing Abram. Abram doesn't see it fully yet, but he is pointing Abram to his eternal promise, which finds its yes and its amen, its fulfillment in Jesus Christ. You see, we see the full picture. We're this side of Christ, and we see it fully and clearly. It's through Christ that we have eternal life. It's through Christ that we have a a hope of a future place and a future people, a future kingdom. Christ is the one who came and bought us out of sin. Christ is the one who came and defeated death. Christ is the one through whom we have eternal life. The world says, come to me, come to me. I'll give you all these things. God says, I give you my son, Jesus. Trust in him and have life. Do you trust in Jesus? Do you trust in Jesus? Have you given your life to Jesus? Dear friend, whatever you've been facing in life, though you may have been chasing the world and all of its allurements, Though it may have you by the mouth, it may have its hooks in you dragging you into its boat. Look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. Hold on to the promises of God. Hold on to the Lord's promises. For they lead to eternal life. Hold on to the Lord's promises or His promises alone lead to eternal life. Hold on to Jesus. I don't care how bad the world has its hooks in you, if you turn to Jesus, Jesus will free you from the world. And Jesus will give you life. Abram wasn't allured by the world's promises. But Abram looked to the Lord and his promises. He trusted in the Lord. And the Lord gave him life. We need to realize, always remember that final verse there in First John chapter 2 verse 17 and the world is passing away along with its desires but whoever does the will of God abides forever what is the will of God the will of God is that you would trust in Christ give your life over to Christ yes you will be a stranger to this world You will be a stranger to this world because you're no longer driven by the enticements of this world. You're driven by the promises of God and the world's not going to like you. You'll be strangers and aliens. As Jesus tells us in John chapter 17, the Gospel of John chapter 17, we're not of this world. When we're in Christ, we're no longer a part of this world. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. And because we're in the world, but not of the world, because we are of Christ, the world will hate us. Nevertheless, even if the world hates us, the world is passing away. All the pain and the agony of this world is passing away. But eternal life, Is in Christ alone. Hold on, dear friend, to the hope that we have in Jesus. When the world's allurements begin to entice you and draw you away from God, hold on to the promises of the Lord, which alone provide eternal life. Hold on to Christ. Trust in Jesus. Give your life over to Him. Live for Him. Hope in Him. Joy in Him. And all of the little trinkets of this world will grow dim. Less beautiful. Less attractive. You'll even start to see the hooks in them. Hold on to Christ. Give your life to Him today. Oh, Heavenly Father. Lord, we, th- we are thankful that we see in Abram a man that is not perfect. Lord, as we saw his life last week, we saw a man who, who failed. Just like so many of us, we, we fail. Every one of us fail. But nevertheless, Lord, Our hope is is not tied up in our obedience. It's not tied up in our successes, but it is tied up in the success of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Your promise. Father, today there are those here that I know they're struggling. They've been chasing after all of the world's allurements. They've been buying into all of the lies. And they've been drawn away from you and drawn into rebellion. Lord, let them see Christ today. Let them see the lie of the world. Let them see the danger that they've been running after. And let them see the life that is in Jesus Christ. And let them turn and give themselves over to Him. And, O oh Lord, we your people come and we ask. Lord, let us not be blinded by the world. Let us all see its dangers. Let us be aware of the temptations. Guard us, O oh Lord, and give us that way of escape. Let us put our focus on Your promise. Let us put our sights on Jesus Christ and live for Him. This I pray in Christ's name. Amen.